0: So uh, Joshua perfectly set up my sermon, and uh, I am very, very grateful for that and him adding in a little bit more context uh, for the scripture and understanding and awareness about the Sabbath. And so I want to ask you this morning, if it's okay, and I think uh, it's appropriate this time, I'd like to preach uh, a thus saith the Lord, you better do it kind of sermon. We don't get those kind of sermons in this church too much, and that's the kind of sermon I'd like to preach today. And I want to preach it from the standpoint of understanding what sin and repentance means. Now, I'll tell you what it means for me. You might have a lot of other definitions for it, but for me, Sin is real, it is legit, and it cannot be erased, for me, by liberal or postmodern or whatever development stage we're in of human consciousness. Sin is still a thing for me. It may not be for you, and that's okay. It's still a thing for me. And what it means to me is anything that prevents me from being the best person I can be anything that prevents me from connecting to other people and loving other people as God loves other people, and anything that prevents me from loving God. So to me, sin is anything that violates that saying about love God, love your neighbor, and love yourself. If something falls into that category for me, then it is something that I would call a sin. For example, just something really trivial, right? If I know that I have a lot of work to do in a particular week, or I have a paper that's due for school, which thank God that's done now, um, and it's due the next day at noon, I probably should not be up all night watching Netflix. Because what will happen is the stress that will be introduced into my home around nine o'clock the next morning (laughs) will cause me to act in ways that are not loving to other human beings. I see I got an amen corner today. I ain't heard an amen in about two or three weeks. So it's not about me watching the netflix it's not about the paper it's about me doing things that are going to cause me to miss the mark or to 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 violate or sin against those two great commandments that jesus taught us that's that's just one example of sin in my opinion right then when we talk about repentance i want to think about it in a different way because see i think most of us have been trained that oh you cursed, or you smoked, or you drank, or you did something bad last night. So, what you need to do is get to church the next morning and you need to say, God, I'm sorry, please forgive me, I repent. Well, there's a problem with that if those are sins to you and you turn around and do it again next week. You are intentionally saying, God, I know you forgive me, so I'm just going to run out and do it again next week and come to church on Sunday so I can repent. A lot of people in church right now come to church on Sunday because they think it's a get-out-of-hell-free card. They are more worried about what's happening to their soul in the afterlife than what is happening to their soul and how they are treating people right now in this life. So it is... Repentance is something that has to be more than just coming to church on Sunday, saying a prayer, getting your communion wafer, and hitting the door. Yesterday, we had communion with gluten-free bread. Now, I know some of y'all are, are gluten-free. I just gotta tell you about this. This is the, I'm, I'm way off topic, but I just wanna tell you about this. Because my mind went there when I was thinking about communion. It was gluten-free bread. It was the nastiest stuff I'd ever tasted before in my life. It was, it, was, it was a beautiful introduction about remembering Christ and, and Mac did this beautiful thing with bread and all that stuff. We get to the table, put it in my mouth, and I'm like... Another minister walked by me and I said, you know, that's a gluten-free bread. And our conference minister said, that is, that is truly gluten-free. And another minister said, it tastes like it's free. I mean, it <laughs> was the nastiest stuff. I, and I'm sorry if you are gluten-free, but here in this church, you're just going to have to have a little taste of gluten um, once a week because we, we, I, I can't do that. In, in, I love you, but I can't do it. All right. Repentance. Repentance, according to the Bible, when we look at the Old Testament and we look at the New Testament, it means two things. One, in the Old Testament sense, it means to turn and return to God. In the New Testament sense, in the Greek meaning of the word, it means to go beyond the previous mind we have had. So repentance then means what you do on Sunday by running up in the church and saying the prayer and God forgive me and going back out and saying you repent, that ain't really repentance. That's insanity. You know, you keep doing the same thing over and over and over and and, and not getting any results. So repentance to turn and return to God and go beyond the mind that we have. So in the context of this this, uh, Netflix thing that I was talking about, it means doing exactly what I just explained to you, understanding exactly where the sin is being committed. If I know I need to make the right amount of time so I can stay in the right frame of mind to do the right thing for my family and for this church and, and to connect with people and to love people, That is to turn and return to God and go beyond the mind that I have, right? Because it wasn't just about the paper. It wasn't just about the Netflix. It's not about calling anything bad. It's about understanding what is it that is causing you to not love God, to not love other people, and to not love yourself. Once you understand that, then you can turn and return to God and go beyond the mind that you have. See, I just messed you up, because you thought you could just go do something and run up in here and it'd be okay. No, you are created in the image of God. For something to be as simple as coming in here for one hour to get your life together, that is not good enough for you. You are a complex, intellectual, living being made in the image of God. Why would we ever think that one hour and one little prayer and some fairy dust is going to help fix us. It takes more than that. It takes turning to God and going beyond the mind that we have previously had. And so the thus saith the Lord sermon that I want to preach is simply this. As my great-grandmother used to tell me, and I'm going to change a word out, Get somewhere and sit your tail down. (laughs) Sabbath means to rest. The scripture that Mona read was about them saying, you shall rest on the seventh day. Why? When they were slaves in Egypt, they didn't get to rest. And so when the laws were created and Moses came down from that mountain, it said, there shall be a Sabbath and you rest on this day. I am the Lord that brought you up out of Egypt. Rest, sit your tail down for one day and rest. Why did I bring you out of Egypt if you won't sit down and rest somewhere? You running all around this place, doing all this stuff, just busy body. (laughs) Sit down and rest. And then, as Joshua said, we get to the New Testament. The problem is there, they've taken the Sabbath and turned it into something all totally different. And Jesus is saying, no, no, it's the Sabbath. I can heal people. I can do good for people on the Sabbath because I'm not sinning by helping somebody and loving somebody. Now, if you want to get me out there to toil in the soil so I can pay off my debt to you, which the temple was still approving, then that is a violation of the Sabbath because I can't rest. So what Jesus is saying is, no, if you go try to tell me that I can't heal people, then that means you need to stop killing folks and making people work off their debt on the Sabbath too. You want me to not heal people, but you still want to work people in the ground on the Sabbath. I think it's better to heal people on the Sabbath, on the rest day, than it is to make people work on that day. But I am not just talking about the healing. I am talking about your individual healing and growth and nurturing and that requires rest so thus saith the lord stop sinning get somewhere and sit your tail down in a pew on sunday learning how to better yourself taking a nap after church maybe you know have you a few mimosas or whatever you do but get somewhere I know I'm stepping on some toes right now. I, just, I said a few. I didn't say have a whole bottle, of them. I said a few. Rest. We are so inundated by so much stuff that keeps us spun up. The news, the Facebook, the Twitter, what's happening at the stoplights. I'm not to flip you up. There's, you probably got so spun up getting to church this morning, it was ridiculous. With stuff that you just need to say, I need to take time and rest. So, this morning, what I'm saying is being a busybody, running around, doing t- what do we call it? Team too much? T O O? Being team too much is being on team, I'm Senate. And you will. Rarely ever hear me say something like that. It is a sin for you to be too damn busy. It is a sin for you to be running around, doing too much. you got to be over here. you got to be at this meeting. you got to be at that meeting. Taking care of your family, showing up for church. Just even. So let me say this, because we have new members today. This is an important part of your Sabbath. For some of you, this is the only time you get to sit down and focus on something else other than your job and your family and mama and them and all this other stuff that's going on. This is the only hour you get to actually rest your mind and focus on something. And so just as Jesus said, the Sabbath was created for humankind. Humankind wasn't created for the Sabbath. Church, you were not created for the church. Church was created for you for you to rest, for you to have Sabbath, for you to grow. So you're not joining a country club so you can come here to just work. You are joining a place where you come and you have your Sabbath. You're joining a place where you come here to grow and to learn and to focus. And for one hour, you get to sit your tail down in that pew and connect to something greater than yourself. Thus saith the Lord, you shall rest. I am the Lord your God that brought you up out of Egypt. I didn't bring you up out of Egypt for you to be worked into the ground. I brought you up out of Egypt so that you may flourish, so that you may have a life, so that you may be able to live to the fullest. Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it to the fullest. You can't have it ripping and running up and down I-10 all day. Rest. Thus saith the Lord. Now I'll wrap up with what we had planned for our call to worship. And what we said was, in a world of breaking news and broken news, urgent texts from a world at once too large and too small, where lies often masquerade as fact, God calls us to stop and sabbath and refresh in the truth. In a world where privilege masquerades as the way it is meant to be and the poor are cut off from life necessities, God calls us to stop and sabbath and to rest in the truth. In a world where fear of difference fosters suspicion and undermines community, where threats of violence masquerade as a means to peace, God calls on us to stop and rest and to refresh in God's truth. I leave you first by saying, stop this particular sin. Figure out a way to go and return to God and go beyond the mind we currently have. I'm not just preaching this to you. I'm probably the busiest body in this room. One week I had a meeting every night of the week. It's ridiculous. So I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching to all of us to stop, to Sabbath, and to refresh. And I'll leave you with those wise words of my great-grandmother. Get somewhere and sit your tail down. Amen. Amen?